Shavuot. Oh, we had a beautiful Shabbos. We had an incredible Shabbos. Toelis, constructive purpose. Based on the rule that one must endure social and financial loss rather than speak Lashon Hara, it would seem that there should be no halachic justification to speak Lashon Hara for a constructive purpose. Why then does the law permit constructive statements to be made? We have noted that all forms of Lashon Hara fall under one of two categories. One, derogatory statements. Two, statements which have the potential to cause the subject harm. Derogatory speech was explained as being lowly in that the speaker focuses on the negative aspects of someone's character or behavior. There are times when discussing someone's shortcomings is clearly constructive and the responsible thing to do. This is true either when one is attempting to assist the person he is speaking about or when he is trying to protect others from that person. In such cases, though negative traits or actions are being mentioned, the statements made do not cons- constitute Lashon Hara. Destructive speech is Lashon Hara. Constructive speech is not. Similarly, there is no such thing as constructive gossip. A statement can be classified as Rechilus only if it is destructive. Hang on. Nevertheless, Chaim refers to derogatory statements made for a constructive purpose as Lashon Hara Litoelis, meaning it has a purpose, seemingly for lack of a better term. We too have made one of the of the terms Lashon Hara for a constructive purpose at various points in this work. A great deal of sensitivity, objectivity, and knowledge of halacha, of Torah law, is acquired in order to distinguish between genuine constructive speech and what amounts to nothing more than rationalized evil speech. The Chavetz Chaim lists several conditions necessary for a statement to be deemed one of constructive purpose as opposed to evil speech. The conditions for a statement to qualify as constructive, soon to be discussed, must be studied carefully before taking the liberty of making a statement that would otherwise be considered evil speech. It would also be wise to discuss this matter with a competent rabbi, as as an incorrect decision can result in irreparable harm. To inspire repentance, God would take note of the leper's repentance and would heal him of his affliction. The Kohen would go outside the Israelite camp to examine the Mitzorah. Having been declared healed by the Kohen, Mitzorah will begin the purification process, which included the offering of temple sacrifices as detailed in the Torah. Having benefited from God's infinite kindness in being cured of his affliction and restored to a state of ritual purity, the person would, upon returning home, surely uphold his earlier resolutions. He would beg forgiveness of those he wronged and strive with all his strength to avoid speaking Lashon Hara in the future. Thus he will be completely cleansed of his sin. One may wonder why in our day the affliction of Tzaras is not manifest upon those who habitually speak Lashon Hara. The Chidah offers the following explanation. When God bids his punishment upon an individual, he does it for the person's benefit to purify him of his sins and to stir him towards repentance. Now, it was only during the Temple era that a Mitzorah could attain Tahara purification. Today, when, however, when due to our sins there is no Temple, no sacrifice, and no way for the Kohen to perform the other components of the purification process, if God were to afflict a person with Tzaras, he'd remain in his impure state for the rest of his life, without any possibility of ridding himself of it. Therefore, in the absence of the Temple, the impurity of this affliction clings only to the soul but is not manifest on the person's body. Have a wonderful week.